0: Welcome to the fourth official soccer podcast. This is episode five. My name is Bori Uludemi, and I'm joined by my co-host, Suleimon Lassisi. What's What's up, man?
1: Man, I'm just so happy to be back in the studio after Nigeria's loss yesterday. I'm, I'm glad to be back in the studio and just talk about my reactions from yesterday's game.
0: Yeah, sad loss for us. Um, so uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, a few topics, um, including our very new, brand new the Fan Next Door segment, uh, we have a guest who is a Chelsea fan. His name is Adi Singh, and you hear more about him as the show goes on. Um, but our topics generally will include the uh, African Nations Cup today, talking about our reactions, and the third place in final, um, which takes place later this week.
1: Bori, I have a question for you. This is something I've been pondering, the idea of penalty kicks, like yeah. taking penalty kicks. What do you think about... The fact that in this current summer, we've had notable players like Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, Gabriel Jesus, Luis Suarez miss penalty kicks at very important times in tournaments.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think penalties are very, very... Uh, it's very scary. That That's how, that's what I'll say, and it's very nerve-wracking.
1: You know, the idea came to me after watching Senegal and Tunisia play in the Afcon yesterday, and t- Tunisia missed a penalty kick. And Senegal... Missed yeah. another penalty kick. And what was even funny was the penalty kick taker for Senegal was replacing Sadio Mane, who had missed two penalty kicks in the same tournament. So he was supposed to know better and do better, but he also missed. And then he reminded me of a conversation I had with a friend who said, the art of penalty taking is something that players should learn when playing the
0: game. But then I'm yeah. thinking,
1: is it really an art?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it's... I don't know. It's uh, how you can compose yourself under pressure. I mean, look at Ronaldo. I, for me, the best, for me, the best penalty taker ever to, to play this game. Are you game. talking about Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, Cristiano Ronaldo. I f- I figured okay. uh, people realize it's Ronaldo. The, the,
1: the reason I actually say that is because I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, actually, the only differentiator between Messi and Ronaldo might be the fact that. Ronaldo is clutch when it comes to taking important penalties. What do you mean by clutch? What do you? He converts them when it oh, okay. really matters. Okay, sure,
0: sure. Yeah, when it really matters, and that's because he can do well under pressure. Some people just can can do way better under pressure than others, and I think that's the problem here. Um, it, looking at the game yesterday, um, it, that was a very important game. Tunisia and, and Senegal. Uh, you know that goal that the Senegalese missed could have taken them, you know, through. But he probably was nervous, I, and and it's like me personally when I'm nervous I don't think well and and I think that's what happens and I think everyone is human so I think they are like me I've been thinking about it and it comes to the point where are you calm do you want to be calm when
1: taking a penalty kick or do you want to be calculated do you want to like choose your spot go for placement or just power it through like I don't like you even see some players they like stutter like when stepping towards the kick and try to like deceive the goalkeeper I've seen that fail as well so it's
0: just what's the strategy here I, to, you know, I mean, I I wish I could speak about this in terms of their perspective. Um, I have never played in the, in the in the field with with thirty thousand players, uh, thirty thousand uh, spectators. But I can tell you this: I've been in situations where I've had to, you know, give presentations or or perform in front of people and it is sometimes it could get nerve-wracking especially for example if you're not prepared for the talk for example or if you think like if i mess this up then you know that's the end of the world i I think this affects the psychology of the player and even if you're very a good penalty taker it may still not it may still not help out so what
1: i'm hearing you say is that you just have to have the heart for it it's not about learning the art of taking penalties you just have to have the heart for it be able to get the ball step on there and shoot it. And that actually reminds me of the German machine, the German the German national team, is they don't practice for penalties. Like during training sessions, they don't practice for penalties. They just go into games, and they take the penalty kicks. And... That, you, you know how, how
0: good the record is when you yeah, take a penalty. I mean, you definitely have to practice in terms of, like, you have to know, you know, how to take it and what your stances. You know, like Pogba takes, like, a million steps before he takes the penalty, for example. And we know what the record is for that, right? Yeah, well. Oh, by the way, we could do a whole episode about how I feel about taking... I think the penalties should just be three steps before you take the, the, the penalty. But my point is you definitely have to have the skill to be able to shoot the ball and, and definitely, target. Definitely, definitely. At some point, like even with that, like even if you're perfect, if you get hundred out of hundred, when you when it when it matters, when you need to actually deliver, and it depends on your life or, or you know on the platform you get your on your country, um, I think it's a different ball game. I think your psychology comes in. I'm not a scientist, but I'm sure something affects your brain and and, and doubts sinks into your heart. Talking about
1: pressure, so I actually went data diving yesterday and I was like, what actually is the statistics behind penalties? And what I realized was on uh, during regulation time, it's 78% success rate, but during like shootouts, it's 72% success ah. rate. So there actually is something to be said about a pressure. And I was like, you know what? I might actually go further and do a little more data diving. And what I found was that in the current African nations cup, we only have a fifty-seven percent success rate. Wow.
0: So we've crazy. M- there
1: are fourteen P- PKs that have been played. We've only scored eight. We've only been able to finish eight, and we've missed six.
0: Is that during the Dur- the play? current Afghan? So well, well, during the during regu- regular regular during, time during regular okay. play.
1: And sure. what amazes me in this is that the more I look at it, and I realize I went back and look at the CONCACAF Gold Cup. They had nine penalty kicks, and all nine penalty kicks were converted. Wow. That's a 100% wow. conversion rate. And I'm thinking, say what you want about North American soccer. Wow. Well, but this is definitely, you know, this is definitely a good thing. No, I know. They, they, I, think the, the keepers, excellent I think the
0: keepers are just not good in, in, the, in the
1: American Hey, you, <laughs> I, I know Bory is going to find a way to twist <laughs> it. But then, remember, so this is 100% success rate in regular, regular sure, time. sure, And then we're going to shootouts. And then we have a 90% success rate. There was only a game that went to penalty kicks. And there were 10 kicks, and 9 of them were converted. And I just think, I don't know, going back to having heart to to play penalties, I don't know if there's something intrinsic about people when it comes to converting penalty kicks.
0: Yeah, I mean, so comparing the CONCACAF and, and AFCON, I would just say quality. That, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. all I was, okay. <laughs> I was saying.
1: By the way, I also did some some analysis for Copa America, and it was a seventy-five percent conversion rate. So okay. that's that's right ar- around average.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. make makes sense. We have one of the best goalkeeper in the world right now. Oh yeah, yeah, and You're, Copa you're, you're talking about Allison, Allison. Yeah, I agree yeah, with I that.
1: And just talking about that, what I what I'm gonna take away from this is. Whenever I get a chance or whenever my our team gets a chance to take penalty kicks next time, I know who not to call to the, take the penalty no, kick. No,
0: I, I think we've talked about this. I'm I'm a very nervous person. I definitely don't want to be taking penalties. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about AFCON. Um, AFCON uh, semifinals happened uh, yesterday. Very sad. Nigeria's out um, through a brilliance by Mars, uh unfortunately. But... Um, yeah, well, what do you what do you think about the semifinals? I mean, it was it was a very
1: good game for Algeria. My reaction after watching the game was that the better team won. I wanted Nigeria to win. Being Nigerian, I really wanted Nigeria to win. But just think about th- this phrase came to my mind once that game ended was cometh the hour, cometh the man. And the minute <laughs> Maris put that ball on the floor, yeah. I was just sitting there <clears> thinking, I hope he doesn't do what I think he's going to do. And he just hit it with so much conviction. There, like I don't know, a part of me felt like the goalkeeper could have done a little better, but that was there was no way you could we, touch that. We
0: can go. We can talk about that real quick. Actually, um, a lot of people are blaming the, the keeper Pei that he's. They said he didn't trust his wall, so he he kind of leaned towards the, his left, um, and the ball that Maris play was on his right. So people thought that he should have stayed on the right and, and, you know, basically, and trust his wall that is going to... That's what walls are for. You trust the wall,
1: yes. And then we had someone actually who was ready to lay on the floor behind the wall, which meant (laughs) that the rest of the wall was ready to jump. So you had no reason to doubt your wall in that scenario, but I don't want to go back and relieve the what-ifs. It was just a well-taken goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, a lot of people are blaming him, but I don't, I think it was a very good shot, um, but maybe he could have saved it, I don't know, we'll, we'll never know. Um, but it's very sad that, you know, as Nigerians, uh are uh, out, uh, but we do have the third place coming up The on better Wednesday.
1: team won, though, I want to actually say that, the better yeah, team won. Yeah, but. I
0: mean, I, I I watched that game,
1: I went back and watched the highlights, and we didn't have a, no, a, a good amount of chances
0: for us to prove convincing. I would actually say this, I was very nervous in that game. Um, I was not even playing, but I was nervous. My hands were cold. I, you know, just talking about our our first segment, it's it's very nerve wracking. To, to it was it was, it
1: was a nerve wracking affair. And also going going off of that and going back to the Senegal Tunisia game as well, I felt like that also had a lot of nerve wracking moments in it, a lot of controversial calls, and it just makes me think, how do you how how do you react after watching such a yes?
0: Game? So um yeah, I'm still shocked at how refs call make certain calls okay so there were two handballs in that game one well there were two on the Senegal side uh, Senegal Koulibaly had a handball and uh, Idrissa Gueye had a handball also one was given one was not now the Koulibaly handball in my opinion not a handball the Idrissa Gueye handball I also think it's not a handball given the the new FIFA rules that says you know if your hand is a natural silhouette, then it's not a handball. Um, but there are obviously people on Twitter and everywhere saying that was a handball. And so the reason why I'm saying this is why was the Kulibali handball given and then the Idrissa Goya's handball not given? To me they were the same. Kulibali was going down, oh well was trying to block the ball and I mean where do you put your hand when you when you're sliding or when you're going down on the floor? Where do you put your hand? Do you put it beside you? Do you put it behind your back? You can't control it. It's to me, was a natural silhouette. And that was given as a penalty. And I just I see discrepancies in the calls, and that really pisses me off. I agree with you. I couldn't agree more, actually. It's very inconsistent. If you were gonna call that
1: first, penalty kick you should call that second second penalty kick so there's there's a good amount of inconsistency in that with that being said though i also want to focus on the fact that
0: there is we forget that these referees are human well they are human but we have laws in this game right there are new laws the refs are very aware because they do trainings every time about these laws and they, they give them scenarios why don't why don't they check VAR and and why don't they just take their time? Well, maybe not take their time, but like, l- like look at the laws, look at the game, and and make a judgment of that. Like th- that's just my opinion. I couldn't agree more. I I just felt like why would you call the
1: first one and not call the second one? And the I I mean I, I was at a loss of words. But the, the thing I also have to we have to keep in mind here is calling that second penalty kick. I, the I one the one against uh the, the one against Ejisu sure, sure. If that had been called, I just I I wouldn't be able to get over myself cuz I would be oh, like, yeah. why would you like Yeah, yeah you, definitely. You know what I, what I mean. saying so so I don't know. He shouldn't have called the first one is is what I felt like it was oh, just me too. from the very first one he shouldn't have called. But Senegal made it to the finals, Tunisia and Nigeria will battle it out in the third place game and I mean, both teams
0: definitely have something to prove. What do you think? Uh I think the Nigerians See, to be honest, I don't know what Nigeria is going to do. I don't know if they're going to be relaxed. I don't know if uh Gne Raw, the coach of Nigeria is going to say let's just use the players that didn't play in the whole tournament. Um if that's the case then I don't think we're going to win. I think if we stick to our our regular formation and regular players, are starting 11, we're going to we're going to win that game. Um again same goes for Tunisia. I don't know what they're they going to start their normal 11 players? Like, what do you do at that, at that point? I don't know. All right, <laughs> let's
1: talk about the finals. What are your predictions for this matchup? Uh This
0: is very tough. Um, I think uh, Senegal and Algeria have a... Well, Senegal has a score to settle uh, with Algeria. So, it, I, I really can't tell. Um, I, I I think with certain players missing, it could change the game. But um, I really can't tell with this game. I, I think it could really end up in any, any, any way. I mean, you talk about players missing. The notable
1: ones. I want to talk about... Khalidou Koulibaly, and also talking about Yusuf Atal, both not gonna be in this in this final. I think those are key players yes. for, for each team. And I just I am trying to think about who's gonna come in and step up and play the roles that these players have been playing. We see that Algeria actually have players filling for Atal over the last few games he hasn't played. But this is a new situation for Senegal. A team yeah. that hasn't considered many game many goals. So I'm I'm curious to see how they will adjust in the face of this adversity
0: yeah yeah i i mean okay i'm not trying to say koulibaly they don't need koulibaly i they definitely do need koulibaly but i think that they'll be fine defensively or like i really can't say but i think their other defenders are actually equally as good not as good but like they're okay they're okay enough and, and they've played like they've played uh, Alger before so they know how they, each player plays so i think they are more equipped to re, you know to see just to, to to mark the attackers um, but yes, having Koulibaly out is definitely a huge loss. But I don't think it's it's that huge for Senegal. Yeah.
1: And then uh, it's gonna fall on the coaches to decide
0: who yes. plays and, and which yes.
1: strategies to play. And that actually brings me to the thought that these two coaches are African coaches. Something that's sort of a rarity in the African national like continental game is we have two ex players
0: coaching their team.
1: Coaching their teams. Yeah. And these are players who played as as recently as two thousand and four, two thousand and two. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be fun to watch, and it's gonna be exciting to see the strategies that these coaches are gonna approach these final with, because it's it's their first ever major trophy, each of them. So yeah, so it's gonna be interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely very exciting moment for Af- uh, for Africa as a continent in, in terms of football. Um, uh, it's good to see homegrown or or local coaches. Uh, uh you know. Getting to the finals, and obviously a local coach will win it. So very, very exciting for African football. Do you have any predictions about this game? Well, yeah, I, like I said, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, it's it's a tough match to predict, but I will, I will lean. I want to go with what my my gut says, and it's Algeria. But my heart is with Senegal. I actually was gonna say you've predicted this whole tournament that Senegal was your
1: favorite team to win it. Yes. And I have to say you've been right so far. So yeah. Do so, I get but, a do but, I get a gift? Yeah, you Maybe. get a gift. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have your Senegal jersey in the right. trunk. Hey. I'll give it to you after this after we're done here in the studio. So I just... I It, it will be interesting to watch. Yeah, I, what, what do you
0: think about... What do you think about the game? It, it's prediction? hard to
1: make a prediction, but just going by the stats, purely from what I've seen, I think Algeria has an edge.
0: Yes, yes. But hey, anything... This is the game of football, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to see it on Friday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for the first time ever on this podcast, we have our famous... Well, it will be famous uh, segments called The Fan Next Door. I'm here with uh, a friend of ours, uh, Adi Singh, um, who, who actually works with us. Um, Adi, how's it going, man?
2: Going good, thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. Yes, uh, Adi is a Chelsea fan, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just wanted to talk to him about uh, uh, Chelsea next season. Um, but before we start, actually, Addy, what has been your journey since you uh, bega- began supporting Chelsea?
2: Uh, it's been a great journey. Uh, I've been supporting Chelsea for maybe close to 20 years now. Uh, oh, 20 years yeah, wow early 2000s how, how old are you You know, I'm just, I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah it's been a while early 2000s oh, uh, nice. watching the likes of uh, Gianfranco Zola okay, saw okay. glimpses of him that fl- beautiful flick against Navid City and then got to watch uh, Frank Lampard John Terry Ida Guryansson Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank wow and then Roman Abramovich came Jose Mourinho came we got Players like uh, Michael Essien, Didier yep. Drogba, uh, we had Hernan Crespo.
0: I think you're missing a player, John Mikhail Obi the Nigerian. Yeah. John Obi Mikel, <laughs> one, one of our most legendary
2: players who had so many appearances but zero Premier League goals. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean he was he was a good player. He had a Champions League medal. So I mean it's been a great journey. you have seen so many legendary players, uh, Ian Robin, Damien yeah. Duff. I can keep. Na- so do you want to talk about on. the
1: highs, some highs, some lows?
2: Yeah. Uh, it's been. Uh, five Premier Leagues, lots of FA Cups, two Europa Leagues, the biggest high has obviously been the Champions League trophy, which we should have won uh, long before we actually won it in 2012. Uh, but I would say post-2012 uh, hasn't been ideal for Chelsea fans. We have won a couple of Premier Leagues uh, and a couple of FA Cups, but a lot of our old guard is not part of the squad anymore, uh, and as Chelsea have been associated with uh, sacking managers in the last few years. Yeah, I was
0: going to say I'm surprised uh, sacking Mourinho twice is not your uh, high.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm personally not a fan of uh, sacking managers. I I believe a manager should be seeing his contract out, giving given the chance to actually build his team right from scratch, train the team from pre season, and he should be given that power to see his contract out. And if things don't work out within that period, uh, they should part ways. But uh, Mid season, one season, like I, I'm, I'm not, personally not a fan uh, of that, and yeah, there have been okay. lots of highs and lows, but uh, biggest high is obviously, the UEFA Champions League uh, in 2012.
0: Awesome. Uh, on On the topic of of uh, sacking coaches, um, well, you didn't sack this coach, but uh, Maurizio Sarri left uh, on a mutual, um, you know, uh, talk with Chelsea. He left to go to Juve, and then uh, Chelsea decided to hire Lampard. Um, so on that regard, uh, what are your expectations of Chelsea FC? Because this seems like a move that a lot of other clubs have done before, and you know they've hired their previous coach, uh, their previous players, and has not worked out well. So what are your expectations with Chelsea this season?
2: Ah, uh, honestly, I think it's a really good move. Um, wow, I,
0: I did not, I did not expect that. Adam. Yeah,
2: I mean obviously it's going to be a risk. There's risk involved uh, because Lampard doesn't have as much experience. Uh, but this one year that he got got a chance to work with Derby County, uh, he did exceptionally well with the players that he had. Uh, almost got them through to the uh, to the Premier League. Uh, and the fact that Frank Lampard has been part of uh, Chelsea in recent times—we're we talking about just a few years ago, three, or four seasons ago—he's been a club legend that resonates very well with the fans. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good move because he's he understands the current board. He's been part of Chelsea throughout the Roman Abramovich era. And I think there are going to be some changes in at an admin level. Uh, and he's bringing in... Uh, we already have Peter Cech. I've heard rumors of Ashley Cole joining. Uh, he's got his right-hand man, Jody Morris, already. So um, the other thing is that I don't think there are a lot of expectations right now because uh, we have a transfer ban. <laughs> Um,
0: That's very funny. And with a new
2: <laughs> manager coming in, the fans are going to be behind him f- for sure because he's a club legend. So he's got the backing of the fans. Um, and
1: yeah, I'm just hoping it's going to be a fairy tale story. Uh, and a fairy tale story. Right. Can you can you translate that into some tangible silverware or maybe right. a league position?
2: Uh, so when I said fairy tale, I mean I was again thinking more. You long-form. mean not
0: being relegated? Is that is that what you mean? <laughs> No, that, that's
2: a <laughs> poor joke, buddy, but <laughs> but what I mean by fairy tale is like Lampard eventually evolving uh, and becoming our, uh, a legendary manager for Chelsea. Uh, so expectations for this season, uh, I honestly don't think we will finish in the top four, and I don't think that's going to be a failure. Wow.
0: And you're happy with that? Uh,
2: obviously, as as a fan, I would want uh, to finish in the top four and maybe get like a piece of silverware. But let's be realistic. Uh, the other teams are much more stacked, sure, yeah. um, they, none of them have changed managers, Yep. Chelsea have a new manager with the transfer ban, they lost their talisman, Eden Hazard, yes. um, so I think we don't even have like uh, an out-and-out striker who's been sco- banging in 20 goals every season, we haven't signed a new striker, we're going to be relying on Olivier Giroud, who's a quality player no doubt, but he's been a super sub for Arsenal, for Chelsea, Chelsea. Uh, doesn't chip in with so many goals. Uh, we're hoping to uh, use the likes of Michi Batshuayi and Tammy Abraham, who have shown quality in the past. But again, with with this current squad, with the lack of goals, I don't know, I don't see where the goals are coming from. So I would say it's going to be hard for Lampard and Chelsea to finish uh, in the top four and also get a piece of silverware with that being said um, I think uh, the good thing would be to see like sparks of brilliance uh, from uh, our youth players like uh, Mason Mount who just signed a five year deal today Um, and then obviously Tammy Abraham who has been a high scorer in our championship so I think I think Lampard is going to Lampard is going to bring the combination of the youth players and like uh, he, he has a good understanding of this current team and squad so I think overall as long as we see that glimpses and sparks of uh, the team coming together and uh, something looks promising for the season's coming ahead i think that's going to be overall it's going to be a good uh, season to go further
1: i want to actually ask you what's your prediction for the player of the team for the coming season
2: okay uh so for me i think uh, that's a pretty hard question uh, we don't have uh, an Edin Hazard anymore on our team. Uh, we don't have, like, uh, John Terry, a no-nonsense centre-back. We don't have, like, uh, Didier Drogba or, or like, uh, an established player who's been consistent. So, um, s- the fact that we're not going to win any silverware, and I think we might just miss out on the top four, I think it's probably going to be a defensive, consistent player. Maybe an Angola, Kante or a Kepa Ariza Balaga. Oh, wait,
0: your manager, Kepa. new manager your assistant manager but but jokes apart so I
2: think it's going to end up being like a Kepa Ariza Balaga for like uh, because we're going to be more like defensive leaking in a lot of goals Uh, we are going to see sparks of brilliance from uh, Mason Mount and um, Kristen Pulisic and I think Pulisic is going to be a really good player Um, I mean I don't like the fact that people are saying he's going to comparing him to Eden Hazard uh,
0: we we laugh at that every day he has
2: the the one thing i love about love about him is that his work rate like even if he's having a poor game he's going to be putting in that uh, work rate that work ethic running all over the pitch uh, so that's something i really like and he's what 20 he's pretty yeah. young still yeah, so pretty yeah uh, yeah, I'm super excited to watch him. I think he's going to be a good player, but not a player of the season just yet. And yeah, just like Pulisic, there could be other players like uh, William Pedro who might step in, might have yeah. some good games. Uh, but I think I would go with Angolo Conte.
1: That That's definitely a solid prediction. I mean, he's won the PFA Player of the Year in the past. So definitely someone who can lift the team and help the team spirits and just help them achieve whatever goals the coach feels like they can get to.
0: All right. Well, I just have this one final question. It's a prediction question. We like to do predictions on this show, as you can see. Um, what is your prediction position on the EPL table at the end of the season next year?
2: Chelsea's position? Yes, Chelsea. Okay. Sorry. That's I uh, meant.
0: Sorry,
1: Chelsea.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with fourth place. Uh, fourth I feel... Place. Uh, wow.
1: Very bold, man. That is very optimistic. I have to say, the whole time you've been on this show, you've mentioned how you don't expect Chelsea to finish in the top four, but then you predicting that they will finish in the top four... He had
0: faith while he was talking. He
1: realized... I'm
2: obviously (laughs) going with my heart, but I feel... There's something special coming with Frank Lampard okay. and the team and like finally things are going to change in terms of the the administration You,
0: and you do realize relegation is a special thing too <laughs> yeah. No, actually Chelsea <laughs> wouldn't get let it get to that point I think they would just hire Mourinho back I mean, at that point I'm, I'm <laughs> Sam
1: Allardyce is always some
0: a fun <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious <laughs>
2: about uh, AC Milan Oh my but anyways, god let's <laughs> not talk <about> but, <laughs> but jokes no, apart No, no I, I mean AC Milan I, I mean we're, we're, we're going to do well Jokes apart I feel like uh, uh, fourth place uh, is going to be very hard, but I think uh, our major competitors are going to be Man United and Arsenal. Uh, with uh, Liverpool, City, and Tottenham favorites for the sure. top three. Sure. All oh,
0: is at the wheel. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for so much for your time, Adi. Uh, it's been great having you on the show. Um, any any words? Uh, any final words for your fans out there? For your
1: fans, for fans of opposing teams, anything you yeah, want to just any. let out.
0: This is where you can say anything to any opposing fans or any opposing club.
1: No, I'm just glad that I got a
2: chance to be part of the show, and like uh, this is a good opportunity for us to communicate and talk about. Uh, uh, football that we keep, we keep, everyone has their WhatsApp groups and, yeah. and social media where we uh, get an opportunity to rant and have conversations. But I'm really glad I got a chance to be part of this show. And uh, yeah, thank you guys. And uh, look forward to more episodes uh, from you all.
1: Thank you very much. It was, it was such a pleasure just having you as our first guest on the fine next door. And we hope that you continue to, tune into the show and tell your friends about the show
0: yeah and we'll definitely invite you for the relegation party <laughs> next <laughs> year for sure we'll invite you back on the show cool alright that's it uh, I think that's all for today um, thanks everyone for listening um, we'll be back again next week uh, Suleiman can you tell them where they can find us
1: sure that wraps it up for us you can always find us on Apple Podcasts Google Music and also on Spotify Fourth Official Soccer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, listen, and share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next
0: week. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.